Hello, thank you for joining me. It's Emma here with another episode of Meditation and Musings. So today I'm going to talk you through some benefits of meditation specifically for females. Now, not every woman is going to decide to have children and Every woman is certainly not going to lose a child, but at some point in her life, almost every woman will have some kind of epic drama around menstruation, fertility, infertility, birth, menopause. Something to do with this business of being a human female animal. As a quote from somebody called Ariel Levy, and that kind of sums up why I feel so passionately about this area of female reproductive health. Um, we are, you know, half of the population. We all go through this. We all go through all of these things and we don't talk about them. Um, and we are just expected and expect ourselves therefore to just keep on keeping on. Pain, painful uh, menstrual periods and PMS are the most common gynaecologic problems and they're the most common reasons for increased absenteeism from work and for work days with 50% or less of typical productivity so our productivity can drop by half um, per month in female employees. This is, this is a study by um, Samala um, et al from last year, 2019. In a, a Swiss study, they uh, found that 57% of women report having at least a mild degree of premenstrual anger or irritability, uh, tearfulness or mood swings lasting around about three days and impacting on their relationships with their co-workers and their family as being the most kind of affected. So premenstrual syndrome um, is defined in the NHS by, as mood swings, feeling upset, anxious, irritable, tiredness, trouble sleeping, bloating or tummy pain, breast tenderness, headaches, spotty skin, greasy hair, changes in appetite, sex drive. But, you know, that is just a, the tip of the iceberg. Um, there are over 150 different symptoms uh, of the premenstruum. Um, these are literally just the tip of the iceberg. Um, and Maisie Hill, wonderful Maisie Hill, um, says that, you know, this can affect up to 90% of women and 84% of us experience premenstrual cramps. So what do we do? How do we treat it? You know, if you, if you think that, you know, on average, we'll have a period once a month, uh, we will have 400 periods in our life. So 400 months of going through that, it's no wonder some of us, especially if we experience um, more severe symptoms, it's no wonder some of us turn to, um, you know, looking for some support and some help. But, you know, mostly until pretty recently, um, the treatment, particularly within the medical profession, 
the treatment is often either hormonal birth control or a psychotropic drug, so um, an antidepressant or a, an SSRI. The menstrual cycle is such a boon for our health, you might not think it, um, but regular menstruation is really good for our heart, for our bones, bone density, um, and for our breast health. And actually the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists um, actually recommended that um, the menstrual cycle be used as a fifth vital sign of health um, for teenagers. And there are definitely um, experts who are kind of pushing for this to actually be extended for the whole of a woman's reproductive years. So, you know, the, the, so that the absence of a menstrual cycle is a real sign of um, something going on, something needing support within the body. 80% of us at some point in our life will take hormonal birth control. 86% of those people will use contraception, uh, will, use the will use the pill for birth control, so for as a contraceptive. But then there's over half, so 56%, uh, will use the pill for non-contraceptive reasons. 30% uh, state that they take it for menstrual pain. And half of women say that they take the pill to regulate their periods. Now, the pill is a wonderful thing, and I took it for 15 years myself. I just don't think we are told uh, and exposed to the um, potential pitfalls of it or how it's working for us. So for the 50% of us that took the pill or take the pill to regulate our periods, to make them more regular, less painful, less heavy, etc. Yes, it, it can be quite effective, especially if you find the right one. But it treats the symptoms of PMS actually by stopping your natural cycle completely. So when you do bleed, um, it's as a result of the synthetic chemical hormones that are in your system rather than the natural ones. Now, I'm not at all advocating that if you're on the pill, you should come off it. Um, I just want you to be aware of the, the benefits and the, the pitfalls of it, okay? And for you to know that there are other, <laughs> other options. But if it works for you, then we need to, you know, we need to stay with that. Like I say, I was on it for 15 years. But we also need to know that the pill increases our risk of breast cancer, cervical cancer and liver cancers. It lowers our bone density. It can be linked to inflammatory bowel disease like Crohn's. It increases one of the hormones called THBG, which binds to our thyroid and affects our thyroid function. So this can uh, lead to kind of you know, lower energy levels, can thin our hair out um, and it makes it harder to maintain our weight. It also decreases our testosterone levels, which has a, an impact on our sexual health, um, not just our kind of libido and health, uh, sex drive, but also um, can cause some physical changes uh, down there too. So I was really interested to know whether meditation could help some of these symptoms, um, and if it could, how much, so that women could potentially explore non-hormonal uh, non-synthetic ways to manage 
So Eleanor Morgan uh, brought out a brilliant book last year uh, called Hormonal, which I uh, recommend if you're interested in this area. It's a really good read. Um, and in there, there's a quote that says uh, that sex hormones have been implicated in important mechanisms for neural, of neural plasticity. So that means that hormones change the structure of our brains. So every month we're going through this um, you know, roller coaster of different chemicals and hormones circulating our brain that literally change the structures uh, in our brain. What else do we know changes the structure in our brain? Meditation. So it would seem a logical link to think that meditation could help with some of these symptoms, could lessen some of these um, physical changes in the brain. In 1990, there was a study uh, done which looked at three different groups of women and they were split into um, groups who were recommended they do some reading every day for their menstrual cycle. One group was asked to chart their menstrual cycle and their symptoms for, for a cycle. And then one group were um, taught meditation and had what's called the relaxation response. And they were the relaxation response group. And all three groups um, had their physical symptoms recorded every day. And then there was a retrospective look at their emotional uh, status and also their levels of sociability. So their social withdrawal behaviours. Um, were looked at as well. So um, I don't know about you, but when I have my period, I literally, you know, hibernate and I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't have anything else left to give. So this relaxation response is what we're interested in. And um, Herbert Benson is one of the researchers on this study that we're referring to. So it's a study by Goodale, Domar and Benson. It took place in 1990. And Herbert Benson was the guy in the 70s who um, really coined the phrase relaxation response to describe what happens in the body when we meditate and how the, the physical, um, the mechanism that the body goes through in order to relax. So through meditation, the body uh, triggers this relaxation response and it reduces our heart rate, reduces our breathing rate, reduces our blood pressure reduces our muscle tension and increases the alpha brain waves in our brain. Um, if you haven't already listened to the previous episode, then in the previous episode, I talk about how meditation affects our brain waves and explain to you about the different sorts of brain waves and, and where meditation fits in. So these alpha brain waves are kind of like second gear. Uh, moving our brain down the gears in our car from first gear and over revving and, you know, really, uh, you know, pushing and having nowhere else to go, you know, when you're feeling really, really stressed. And then you switch into second gear, <sighs> bit of a exhale, um, slowing everything down slightly. Um, so I'd say that, you know, meditation is kind of like second and third gear, if you like, you can kind of coast along in those pretty nicely. So these uh, all of these factors result in physiological relaxation, the relaxation response in the body. So we know that the alpha brain waves means that the, the brain is less stressed, the thoughts slow down, 
and then those physical things that happen mean that the, the body, the muscles are relaxed. You're much more relaxed in your body. So for the women who were in the relaxation uh, response group, so who would, they were taught meditation. They were taught a 15 or 20 minute meditation that they did every day for a whole menstrual cycle. And the women with severe PMS in this group showed a 58% improvement in their physical symptoms. So they reported fewer cramps, they reported lower levels of emotional um, symptoms. And these are the women with severe symptoms. At the start of the study, they were found to have severe symptoms. So they described a 58% improvement through meditating alone. And this is compared to, in the reading group, the, the group who were just asked to read for um, their kind of relaxation, uh, they actually, it did work for them as well. They reported a 27% improvement. So, you know, a little bit of improvement there. And also the charting group who described, you know, they charted their period and described their symptoms. Um, they actually improved a little bit as well. So they had a 17% improvement. So, you know, that shows that if you do, you, can, you know, if you do anything to relax, that can help to reduce the intensity of the symptoms that you have associated with your period. But that regular meditation uh, in this context was the most effective thing that you could do to bring about a reduction in the severity of your symptoms. So they concluded that the regular elicitation of the relaxation response, i.e. regular meditation, is an effective treatment for physical and emotional premenstrual symptoms. And the most interesting thing is that it was most effective in the women with severe symptoms, which is not at all what I thought was going to be the case. I don't know about you, but you know, if if um, I know if I went to one of my friends who you know has awful periods and said you should meditate, it's really effective, they'd probably say, Yeah, great, mate, that'd be great if you had like mild to moderate symptoms, but it's not going to work for me because mine are terrible. But actually, that's not the case. The more severe your symptoms, the more this works for you. Um, and, you know, this isn't part of uh, this study, but, you know, there are there are other studies that show how meditation really helps with pain management. Um, and pain is tied up with our, our mental state, you know, that relationship between the mind and the body um it's so fluid and pain is one of those things that if we feel we are in danger we will have a greater perception of pain in the body so the more dangerous we feel the pain is the greater we feel it so if you're stressed and you've got pain you're also perhaps holding your body in a more tense way because you're a bit scared, you're in pain, and all of that is that cycle. Where meditation comes in is it breaks that cycle. It allows you to relax, maybe release some of those fearful thoughts. It promotes muscle relaxation, which again, has got to help with pain. 
so you know that relationship between feeling a bit more safe feeling a bit more you know grounded and um, not being swept away by these scary thoughts perhaps they all lead into this um, improvement in our perception of of our symptoms our ability to cope with them so that study was you know that study's now gosh 30 years old um, but there's been some more you know more recent studies done uh, the majority interestingly the majority of this evidence coming out of india um, perhaps you know the the more widespread use of usage of meditation uh, there reflected so in uh, 2015 there was a study that looked at a specific type of um, chakra meditation so a 15 minute chakra meditation using classical music um, where the meditator listened to the classical music and envisaged each chakra point um, along with the music as the music kind of reflected the higher frequencies as you move through the body um, this was found to have a significant effect reducing uh, the number of symptoms and the severity of the symptoms that women uh, with PMS were experiencing. So again, echoing the research from Benson and Goodale. Um, another study in the same year looked specifically at adolescents and specifically at anxiety levels in adolescent females. And they taught them um, a pretty standard version of meditation. So it's referred to as the Benson meditation. So the um, Herbert Benson guy. Um, and it found that it really decreased the levels of anxiety during the premenstrual phase. Um, so it was found to be a very uh, positive coping mechanism um, using that relaxation response. And then finally, there's been a little bit of research done uh, that's a slightly more broad and it's, it looks at the correlation between mindfulness. So the difference between mindfulness and meditation is fairly, um, it's a fairly grey area. Obviously mindfulness is that capacity to really be in the moment, um, you know, you're still kind of operating in the world but you're doing so and really uh, doing so with that kind of mental clarity and giving your full attention to what you're doing and meditation is often a way into mindfulness so meditation is one of the ways that we can be mindful you can sit in a meditation and achieve mindfulness there or you can continue moving through your life um, you know and you can do things like walk mindfully you can eat mindfully basically really honing your attention and being mindful and they looked at is there a correlation between mindfulness as a general um, disposition and way of life and an improvement in your attitude towards your menstrual cycle um, and it, it was correlated that the more mindful we are the better we feel about our periods about our menstrual cycles and because we feel better we report fewer symptoms. Now, I don't know whether that's psychological or whether that is a, you know, a physical thing that happens, you know, we have fewer symptoms. Who knows? This mind-body relationship is fascinating and we are just scratching the surface of it. But I hope that that has um, been of interest to you.
some great uh, great insights into how meditation can help with PMS. Um, if you're interested in uh, perimenopause, listen back to the previous episode. Uh, there's a little bit of evidence there for, for perimenopause. Um, and keep listening as I continue to broaden my uh, research meditation and female reproductive health. If there's anything you want me to specifically look at, if you experience you know, PCOS or um, infertility, then please get in touch with me and I will go off and, you know, nerdily research and report back. Thanks for listening as ever, guys. Um, it's been a pleasure.